What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Wednesday, August 2nd. My name is Ewan, and on today's episode, we are going to get into some Fantasy Premier League as I continue my series of ranking each position. Goalkeeper and defender have already been done, so go check those episodes out. But today, it is going to be the midfielders. You can check those last two videos out, by the way, by liking and subscribing to the channel. And I would really appreciate it. And of course, any feedback is welcome. Check out the comments below. Let me know where I went right, where I went wrong. Would love to engage in the fantasy Premier League community about these power rankings as I am putting them out. And as my cat does not like them as well, in case you can keep hear him in the background. But let's just get right into it today with the midfielders here. Perfect. Uh, as I did with the defenders, it's going to be a top 15 here as the position is a lot bigger, starting from the bottom. And then we're at Matoma. Pascal Gross comes in, 159 points last year. He was actually the top scoring player for Brighton. A lot of people do not mention that as Deserby took the league by storm and Brighton found the Europa League. But yeah, it was Pascal Gross that ended up as the top scoring seagull for the 2022-2023 season. He has been playing some deep positions in the preseason. I think he started right back one game, so not really an option for us at the moment. But I think it is going to be between Solly March and Kyra Matoma for, those, for that Brighton spot at the 6.5, and then kind of having them go against Mbwemo and Eze, who we will mention later on in this episode. McAllister there, 140 points for Brighton last year. I think this ranking comes in because he did have such a good year for Brighton last year. I don't expect him to be an option for Liverpool. Six million pounds in this year's game. It's not going to be on penalties unless Mo Salah misses one. And then he still might be down the pecking order with Dominic Sobazlai coming in. And even Trent alexander Arnold potential, but that is for another day. But McAllister would maybe be second, third in line for the Anfield squad if Mohamed Salah does not convert a couple of penalties to begin the Fantasy Premier League and English Premier League season. Next up, James Madison here. He has switched clubs just like Alexis McAllister here. He's moved from Leicester, who are now in the championship, over to Tottenham in one of the best deals of the summer. Him and McAllister, both 35, 40 million. So Great buys for Liverpool and for Tottenham here as they look to be in a transition se season under their new manager. Potentially Harry Kane is leaving. It'll be interesting to see if Madison was kind of a good stats, bad team guy. Uh, that's often a kind of NBA fantasy, uh, fantasy basketball kind of slang there. But he was on less or there weren't a, a huge amount. There wasn't a massive amount of talent over there for the Foxes for Madison to compete against. But now he's got Sung Hyung Min, he's got Richarlson, Dejan Kulisevsky, Pedro Paro, Ivan Perisic, and Harry Kane. It'll be interesting to see if he does go to Bayern Munich, what happens. So is Madison going to slot in right away and become the talismanic portion for Spurs like he was for, Fo for the Foxes? I'm not so sure. So he's definitely a wait and see for me. He has not been in any of my drafts so far this season. Number 12 here is his new teammate, Sung Hyung Min. A terrible season 
last year, especially in terms of his price point. 152 points. He's in just over 5% teams, and he's expected to score 26.9 points over the first six game weeks. These predicted points do come from Fantasy Football Scout, so shout out to them. You should definitely check out their website. Uh, and they will do great work, and these will probably up, be updated over the next week and a half as we are only nine days away from the beginning of the FPL season, which is madness. And top here is your pictured guy, number 11, Matoma. Took the world by storm in FPL last year. He kind of came out of the World Cup just flying, firing off all, all cylinders. Uh, very good for the Seagulls, very good for Deserve's system. There has been a little bit of talk that he might be a one-trick pony in the preseason, but I think that may just be a we're all getting kind of bored and myself and other content creators just need to talk about something. But Matoma out of the 6.5 mids, which are Eze, uh, himself, Matoma, Solly March, Brian Mbuemo. I think Matoma is probably the safest for minutes. I'm not sure if he is the safest for points. He could be a little bit boring, but Brighton were a fantastic squad last year. I think I've said this stat in every single video I've done so far in the Fantasy Premier League preseason. But Brighton were a top 10 team in all of Europe for expected goals once Roberto Deserby took over for the club after Graham Potter left for. Chelsea. So Matoma comes in at number 11, just misses out in the top 10. But who is in the top 10? Let's check it out right now. Eze, as mentioned, 6.5, another option. He's been really good in the preseason, really been quite tempting in my FPL side. He has become in a couple of my drafts as the preseason has moved along. So definitely thinking about him. He's in just under 12% of teams right now. Expect to score 24.9 points over the first six game weeks. Brian and Buemo. So that's pretty much how close it is there. If you just look at these rankings, 9, 10, 11 are in Buemo, Eze, and Matoma. Those are kind of the three guys we're all debating at the 6.5 million mark as who is going to be the best option. Started with Mbuemo, he's on pens for Brentford, but now there's all this talk about are Brentford actually going to be that good without Ivan Tony? That's tough to say. Is there a better option up front with his running mate, Yuan Buissa, at Brentford? So I'll talk about him tomorrow in the forwards podcast or video. Uh, and definitely a lot in the air. Uh, not a lot of preseason to work with here remaining now that most of the games have been played. Teams mostly have one fixture, maybe two left. But definitely something to think about with Brian Buemo. He is on penalties but is he the least creative out of Eze and Matoma and himself? Bill Foden is the guy pictured here, and he has just shot into my brain over the last week. I think it was on uh, the FPL Generals podcast uh, when he was talking with, uh, oh, maybe in the FPL Wire. But anyways, he was talking about how Holland is 86% owned in the game right now so every time he scores is great but we get small green arrows but if you want to take advantage of how good man city are going to be this season you really do need to have two or three of their assets to take advantage of how prolific their attack is and that's where phil foden comes into my thoughts he's a way better fpl pick in my opinion than jack grealish I'm not sold on John Stones yet. Um, he is in my current draft, but I think that's going to change pretty quickly. 
the rotation risk at City is always high. But Phil Foden, while he will be rotated, I, I'm going to be sweating that game week one uh, Friday night dead, uh, team sheet uh, looking for the, all the leaks. But Phil Foden has the highest potential for FPL points on this team outside of Erling Holland and a healthy Kevin De Bruyne. So that's why he's currently in my thoughts, and he is number eight in these power rankings. Gabriel Martinelli, we're going to talk about the Arsenal guys a lot here. Him, Saka, Odegaard, not a lot to choose between them. 198 points last year, missed the last couple of games, so easily would have cracked the top 200. Would that have put him at 8.5 like Odegaard and Saka? We will never know, but he's only in 13.2% of teams and expected to score 27.3 points over the first six game weeks. And Arsenal has some fantastic fixtures to take advantage of. A lot of rotation risks coming uh, around in the preseason, a lot of talk. I'll be interested to see what the community shield lineup is like. Today, he played in Arsenal's last preseason friendly. Uh, I think that was his second game in four days. So his fitness is not a problem, but Trossard, Havertz, Declan Rice, um, lots of moving parts in the Arsenal midfield to consider. Kevin De Bruyne here at six, 183 points last year, 8.4% teams. Uh, we need to find out if he's healthy before he, I even consider him as an FPL option to begin the year. He's at 10.5, so I don't think he's going to fit into any of my drafts and probably not to my game week one squad. But let's get into top five here. We spent the first five, eight minutes there talking about the six through 15, but we need to get into the heavy hitters here. Bruno Fernandez coming in at number five, 176 points last year. He's in over 25% of teams, but there's a ton of uncertainty going on at Man United right now, just with uh, Hoyland coming in, Mason Mount is here, where's Bruno going to play? A uh, ton of uncertainty is probably too strong to say uh, to, on second thought there, but Bruno has been as an FPL asset. He's not going to reach the heights of two seasons ago. But with these new Premier League rules that have come out over the last couple of days, saying that they're going to kind of go towards the stoppage time rules that we saw at the World Cup last season, uh, there could be more penalties. A guy like Bruno, who is on uh, the pitch all the time, never comes off the field, he's going to gain some value from those extra minutes at the end of games. You never know what can happen. Fergie time still reigns over at Old Trafford, so you never know what kind of magic is going to come about from Manchester United. And those first few fixtures are pretty tempting. Wolves at home, Tottenham, Nottingham Forest. There's a difficult game against Arsenal. Brighton are going to be up and down. They're going to be attacking, so there will be gaps at the back. And Burnley on the road. So it's kind of going to come down to penalties. I don't love relying on just penalties for my FPL assets, but Bruno uh, massively underperformed his XGI last year, his expected goal involvement as Man United didn't have some great finishers. And hopefully Rashford and Hoyland, Mason Mount, all help Bruno achieve that expected goal involvement this season. Number four here is the second of three Arsenal players to appear in the top 15 here. Martin Odegaard, captain for Arsenal, 212 points last year. Minutes machine. He's in over a fifth 
of FPL lineups as of right now, and he's expected to score just under 29 points. Arsenal's fixtures are phenomenal to begin the year. Nottingham Forest at home, Crystal Palace on the road, Fulham at home, Man United could be a very high-scoring game, like last year's game was 3-2. Crazy, very fun game. Everton on the road, I expect Arsenal to be better this season, so they won't have the same repeat mistakes of Goodison last year. And then Spurs, there's always goals in that North London derby. The only thing I have about Odegaard is I think he he did massively overperform his expected goals last season. And is that going to happen again, especially with all that creativity coming into Arsenal? Granite Xhaka is gone. Could Odegaard be asked to kind of play a tiny bit deeper this season? That's to be confirmed or determined. But I do get a feeling that Odegaard might take a back seat to the likes of Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, Ricardo Saka, even Trossard, and potentially Akai Havertz. So I don't think Odegaard's going to crack 200 points this year. He is 8.5, so I definitely put him below Martinelli in my once for the Arsenal midfielders, but he would certainly also be above Kai Havertz or Leandro Trossard at the moment. But those fixtures are lovely. He did crack 200 points last year. I cannot deny it. It's not a bad pick. I just don't think he's for me, especially when his teammate, Bukayo Saka, is the exact same price. He's in over 54% of FPL teams right now, which is absurd. Um, there's now three guys over 50% of the game. Holland, Saka, and Purvis Estupanan, who I talked about in yesterday's Defender video. He's expected to score a little less than Odegaard here, 28.6 points. His expected data underlying stats wasn't as good in the second half of the season as many would think. But every time you watch Arsenal, he, like, Saka just passes the eye test every time. I don't really need to go data FC. I'm more like when it comes to Saka, grass FC is all you need. Just look at what you see and trust it because he is phenomenal cutting in from the wing and just creating chances, taking shots for himself. I think Saka is bound for a, a double-digit FPL price tag in the 2024-2025 season. Just looking ahead, another 365 days, he will definitely be double digits next year if he lives up to his potential. And once again, those phenomenal Arsenal fixtures there. Number two, Marcus Rashford. Crazy good bounce back year for him last year. He had a massive price drop uh, all the way to 6, 6.5 to begin the year. And he provided tons of value for money. He's in over 42, or he's in 42.8% of our FPL lineups right now. He's not in mine because I can't afford him because I have a certain other midfielder that's taken up a lot of my budget. He's expected to score just under 29 points for the first six game weeks. Like I said, with Bruno, pretty good fixtures. Rashford should still be one of the main goal scorers for United, even with Hoyland and Mason Mount coming in. Uh, he's going to be playing on the left wing now that they have Hoyland. We'll see if Anthony Martial stays around or goes to Saudi Arabia, but Rashford could be asked to play up front a little bit to begin the year, which is not his best position for FPL. He is deadly on that left wing and certainly in my thoughts that I'm 
working around the clock to find that extra half a million, million pounds to get him in my squad. I just don't know if I'm going to get there by game week one. I'm incredibly nervous about that, uh, but he's not on penalties. If Rasha was on penalties, he would definitely be in my squad. That's why I'm leaning towards Bukayo Saka. He is, Saka is half a million less, so it's a little bit easier to get there. But if Rashford was on penalties, this would be no contest. I would take him over Saka. Just, I think he's a better player, uh, and I just kind of think he has a higher FPL ceiling, scored three more points than Saka last year. And I do think he's more uh, of the focal point for that Man United goal-scoring attack, whereas Saka has to compete with all those guys that we've already mentioned and you've seen in this top 15 list. Finally... Who could number one be? Mm, well, guess no more because it's Mohamed Salah, number one, 239 points last year in a down year for the Egyptian king. He's in under 25% of squad. So Salah is a differential heading into the season despite being predicted to score 34.9 points over the first six game weeks. I understand that the Chelsea game is meh. We will see. Kind of shaky, but that Bournemouth game week two fixture, Newcastle on the road, not really bothered by that. Liverpool won, pulled, they won the double over Newcastle last year, so there will be goals in that game, I am predicting. And then they've got Villa at home, Wolves on the road, and West Ham. So a lot of people are thinking that they'll just keep Salah for the first two game weeks, get him out of there spread the money around for the great, for whoever pops up among the best 8.59 million midfielders. And that is certainly an option for me, but I love the flexibility of having that 12.5 million player being able to kind of go wherever I want with my squad if Sala does not come through after two weeks and then just catching the bandwagon that way. I don't have to worry about price jumps. There's nothing of concern there. And if he absolutely bangs in the first couple of game weeks, I have a huge edge over 75% of other FPL managers. And I don't remember the last time you could say that about Mohamed Salah. So while it does take up a lot of your budget to have Mohamed Salah and Erling Haaland in your team, he's the best, one of the he's the best midfielder in the game. He plays for my favorite team, Liverpool fan. Uh, not going to overthink this. 239 points is a down year for him, and he is still going to score that. He's probably like one of the safest bets to score 250 points in the Fantasy Premier League game this season. His fitness, he never comes off the field. He takes penalties for Liverpool. Uh, like I was talking about with Bruno, those stoppage time things are going to really add up eventually and could produce goals, penalties, assists, all that fun stuff. So most Salah is pretty much a lock in my FPL game week one team and is the number one ranked midfielder. On the other episodes, uh, goalkeeper and defender, I kind of just did a summary of the top 10, but that wasn't really doing any good. So we're going to do an honorable mentions here for the midfielders and the forwards. Jared Bowen's having a great preseason. He comes in at number 16. Solly March is another option. With the Brighton guys, I would definitely prefer him over uh, Pascal Gross, who is number 15 in our ranks. But is March as good as Matoma? I'm not sure. 22 is Raheem Sterling. 
7 million massive price drop, just like Marcus Rashford had last year, except he is not the same age as Marcus Rashford. He's a little bit older. That Chelsea squad seems to be in transition. 101 points last year for Sterling. He does have a really high predicted points total, but I think Fantasy Football Scout is assuming he's going to start all of the first six game weeks. And I'm just not sure how long Poch is going to keep with him if Sterling does not bring in the goods. Number 24 is Andreas Perea, our 4.5 million hero last year, 123 points. If Alexander Mitrovic leaves Fulham, I'm assuming Andreas is going to be on penalties. So that would be the guy I go towards. 5.5 million this year. I think I would take him over Embuemo and March. It would be tough between Eze and Matoma, but I think Andreas would be pretty nailed. He's on all the set pieces for Fulham. He would be on penalties. I'm not sure how good Fulham would be, so that would be a pretty big decision to make. But that's an extra million in savings that could probably afford me to get a John Stones in my defense uh, and maybe even like upgrade a Martinelli to a Saka kind of deal. So definitely thinking about him. And then 57th here is Diogo J. Jota, as he is known by the Anfield faithful, he only had 80 points last year, so that's why he slips down this ranking. And his 12.3 or 12.3 predicted points from Fantasy Football Scout uh, minutes risk, but he does seem to be starting all the games for Liverpool in the preseason. They had a final preseason warm-up today against Bayern Munich, and he was right there on the front line with Mo Salah and Cody Gakpo, and he was also there the game before with Leicester when it was Salah, Jota, and Nunez. So Salah and Jota both started the last two games, which is when I think Liverpool really kind of showed us what they could be looking at for their starting 11. So Jota definitely in my thoughts, but could be one of those guys that I jump to in the middle part of the season once Liverpool's fixtures take a good turn. But that's going to do it for the midfielders preview here on Backup Fantasy Sports. Like I said earlier, you can like and subscribe to the podcast. Would really appreciate any feedback, just what you like, what you don't like, what I can improve on. And yeah, that will be the third video in this four-part series. Goalkeepers, defenders already in the bag. Midfielders done now. Just forwards to go, which will be out tomorrow. And yeah, you can follow me on Twitter right there at you in or you out. We'd love to talk FPL or fantasy F1. If you're into that, do some videos for that as well. So check those out as well. But once again, thanks for listening and I will talk to you next time.